0: What is up, everybody? I'm Scott Melker, and this is the Wolf of All Streets podcast. Now, most people who first heard about Bitcoin in the early days dismissed it as a passing phase and failed to buy, myself included. It's this window of time that's often looked back upon as a missed opportunity of bought cheaper or jumped in earlier. Today's guest is one of the rare few who discovered Bitcoin back in 2012 and skipped the common dismissal phase entirely, buying his first Bitcoin immediately for about $10. It hurts even to talk about it. Anthony was quick to recognize the potential of this emerging sector and went on to co-found Ethereum, something only eight people can say that they did. It's my intention this episode to better understand one of the most important genesis stories of crypto and how the landscape looks today from the perspective of a true crypto OG. Anthony, Anthony DiOrio, thanks so much for coming on, man.
1: Oh, thanks. thanks for having me, Scott. I appreciate uh, putting me on and, and it looks like you got some good background in them and now know what we're going to talk about, so it's going to be fun.
0: <laughs> we don't like to give anyone uh, too much of a heads up, so it's spontaneous. I don't, so. I don't like to
1: have heads up. I like to things to be spontaneous and have nice conversations. And whatever, I, I never know whatever where If you gonna want to ask go, me, you're, 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 you're welcome to ask me.
0: Awesome. Thank you. Well, before again, we get into the questions, once again, you're listening to the Wolf of Wall Street's podcast, where twice a week I talk to your favorite personalities from the worlds of Bitcoin, finance, trading, art, music, sports, and politics. This podcast is powered by Blockworks, the fastest growing media company in the digital asset space. You can check them out at blockworks.co for access to the highest quality information in the space. And if you like the podcast and you follow me on Twitter, check out my newsletter and website. You can do all of that at thewolfofallstreets.io. So now to get on into what's important. If my research is correct, as I said before, you discovered Bitcoin back in 2012 and ended up co-founding Ethereum a year later in 2013. To me, this is you know, the two most important genesis stories, obviously, in the history of crypto. So I just want to dive right in and hear how it happened, how you discovered Bitcoin, and then how you took that leap to actually building Ethereum.
1: Okay, and I'm going to keep this as brief as I can, but still <laughs> give you the, the, the pertinent details. Um Uh, technology person since I was eight. Uh, I was born in 75. So the the dawn of the personal computing age was kind of when I really first got in. My dad brought home a computer when I was eight years old, and I was kind of hooked on computers since then. Um, That translated into the BBS days and the modems and communications before the internet. So I was heavy into that. And then when the internet came along, it was like, this was the holy grail for me of now being able to communicate and be able to have that information democratized around the world. And I just saw the potential of it. But I was a little too young to really utilize that, that time when things were heating up. And uh, when I was going through university at the time and I, I went into business rather than computers, my dad was an entrepreneur, problem solver, inventor. Um, so technology, business, uh, went to work for the family business afterwards. I learned a lot more there about entrepreneurship. Um, had started a few companies before that. So always wanted to be an, an entrepreneur and, and, and go in that direction. Um, in 2008, 2009, we had the housing crisis in the U.S. and the banking crisis and uh, it was sparked uh, to learn about what money is. My, my brother said that, that had suggested I, I learn about money and the history of money and I started digging in deep to that and started uh, trying to understand what had happened during those crises in the U.S. and hey, was this going to happen in Canada as well and started learning about booms and bust cycles and what were causing them and learned about the Austrian School of Economics, uh, which was the path that kind of decided made more sense for me. I I've always been about not liking what people, You know, I, I like to do what I want to do. I don't like to be told what to do. Um, I'm a, I'm a, I always like to feel I'm, I'm a unique individual and I don't like to be put in groups and I don't like normal, I like doing things differently. and I think it's, it's people's individuality that, that really contributes to all whole and you want as many different people as possible out there that can help to, to create change and do different things. So um, it, it basically was a perfect storm when I heard about uh, Bitcoin on a freedom podcast called free talk live in 2012, the first episode I listened to. And I'm like, what's, they mentioned Bitcoin. What's that? Because studying economics for the last couple of years and and, and thinking, okay, here's where we are. What do we do about it? And and look, how do I position myself to be able to to navigate this, this, this world that seems to be set in a very certain type of economic theory. And, and when I heard about Bitcoin and, and heard about, the, and thought about I could be my own bank, and and I knew about decentralized technologies for my from my from my background with, with you know learning about Napster and that whole thing that happened with music file sharing. It, it just it just culminated in in a first day. I get it. I grasp it. Went went on local Bitcoin. I found about local Bitcoin. Went and bought my first Bitcoin that day, and I never looked back. And I started uh, thinking about after you know weeks of not sleeping and researching. I decided to look for a community. There wasn't any around in Toronto. I started the Toronto Bitcoin Meetup Group. Italic Buter was the first, one of the first few people that came to that and first meetup. Peter Todd was another, another recognizable person in the space. And I just started becoming a center of gravity in Toronto and building out the community. And events got bigger and bigger, and, and then doing conferences and at the same time thinking, how do I position myself in this thing to create real value and what can I do? And uh, I, I connected with a developer out of New Jersey within a week we had, we had popped out a, a company a, a gambling site for Bitcoin exited that a few years a few months later for all Bitcoin Bitcoin proceeded to take off and, and I had a few million bucks after the first like like few months and we had both said me and, and my partner we don't want to be in the gambling space we're just going to do this let's make some capital and then let's uh, let's do some greater things. So we started building wallets recognizing that the wallet is the interface for this technology. It's the equivalent to the browser of the internet. You need it to navigate the space. You need it to manage and move value. You need it for the the masses to understand what's going on and do this. So we started building wallets. And uh, along the way that year in 2013, uh, Vitalik was helping us out uh, with the wallet company and got to know Charles Hoskinson. Uh, We were both doing kind of advocacy work for, for different organizations for Bitcoin and traveling the world. And I was building up my, my network in Canada and globally. Vitalik shows me the white paper at the end of 2013. Um, I'd gotten to know him really well and, and, and had a lot of respect and trust for him. And he was a reliable person and super bright and intelligent. And, and I showed the paper to Charles, uh, introduced Charles to Vitalik. Um, and, and that's how it kind of started uh, along with uh, uh, co-founder of, of um, Bitcoin Magazine with, with Vitalik, of uh, Mihai Adisei, and Amir Chetrit. Um, we, uh, we, we we got this off the ground and, and started doing it and kind of the rest is history.
0: I, I mean, it's an unbelievable story. I have to ask now, especially in context of what's happened in 2020, 2021 and seeing, I mean, obviously, The global economic meltdown, but the boom specifically in crypto and the use case of Ethereum. Did you ever think that it would reach this point? I mean, when you guys founded it and started it, did you view it as more of an experiment or did you really see this level of adoption as somewhat inevitable?
1: Um, It would be truthful to say that we in our head over some time thought this could be really big. Um, I always used to say, you know, Bitcoin to the moon, who knows where Ethereum could go? You know are we going to mars are we going elsewhere and, but that's in your head until you start you know you but things as they grow and the community comes along and the developers start start pulling this together and you start thinking wow they could actually do this we could actually achieve this and 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 that's what we did and you know and not just that we you know thousands of people have done this thing thousands of people have contributed to this and that's what's so great about these types of technologies and open systems that you get the the crowdsourcing of, of, of people coming together and the knowledge to, to build out something that's not behind closed doors and with so many built-in amazing mechanisms for consensus and governance and all these different things that really form an amazing project. So, uh, in the back of your head, you're you're thinking, what can this get to? And I'm just amazed and 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 proud and thankful, I, I'm grateful for for what this has turned into and and what I've learned from it and the people I've met and the, the contributions I was able to make and. It's just helped me along the way to 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 grow and learn and and take these experiences and hopefully do even bigger and better things down the road. so it's it's been phenomenal. it's been such a great run
0: yeah I mean that, it sounds like it i'm I'm curious now seeing obviously the success, but then obviously there's a ton of competitors, right? I mean, there's plenty of protocols and projects that are trying to compete, but Ethereum still seems to be where everybody's building. You kind of touched on the fact that you had very dedicated developers and, uh, you know, I think that that speaks obviously to, to what you guys built. But do you we, there's clearly scalability issues with gas and they're going to largely be addressed uh, in, in 2.0, but do you think that Ethereum will be able to eventually scale to to meet this demand and still be efficient? I mean, anyone obviously who's Uniswapped and done these things and paid $300, $400 a transaction knows that that's not sustainable forever.
1: Yeah, there's, there's definitely issues that need to be addressed. And I do have confidence that it's going to be figured out, but you also have people on the sidelines or other projects that are, that are that are coming as well with newer technologies that that are trying to to, to eat Ethereum's lunch, right? So I'm not sure what's going to happen at the end of the day. Um, I'm always an optimistic person, and I think Ethereum is going to to and it's going to have to to, to make changes that are needed in order to allow it to flourish and, and to grow. So I don't stay too entwined on the inner workings of what is going on there. I mean, I moved out of the project in 2015. I support Ethereum. I'm a holder of of Ether. I build wallets for Ether. So but I also uh, am involved in a much larger community that involves other projects. I'm a very inclusive, and I, and I like to see uh, competition and innovation. So I, I'm by no means a maximalist of any sort. Um, I, I have a, a portfolio of many different projects. And uh, so it's hard for me to keep up to date on all the inner workings of things. But yeah, my understanding, there's something brewing right now with the, uh, the decisions made. Um, the changes, the recent changes, and, and it's, uh, it's interesting to see what's going to come out of this and, and how the miners are going to react and if there's going to be the rebellion and potentially a hard fork that might come out of this. But uh, that's crypto, and so that's makes, what makes it exciting. Nice. It's, and it's yeah. all growing towards, towards learnings and new knowledge and, and innovation, and, and it's just an exciting thing to be in.
0: Survival of the fittest, right? Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) So so it must be actually kind of uh, interesting to be able to kind of watch from the sidelines after you built it to see your baby grow, you know, and, and, and not be so intimately involved with the day-to-day decisions.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's something I had early involvement in, and something that has a very special place in my heart. Um, Even saying like like my baby grow, it's a a collaborative effort of, of thousands and thousands of people that did this. So I had a, a small piece of it. I mean, I, I, funded it and, 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 you know, I put some people together and did it and, and I had some early, early decision-making on quite a few things, but what's been done since I've been gone has just been exponential. And yeah, of course. I just got to give it up to all those people that have rallied around it and that are supporting it. So, yeah.
0: So I was born in 76. You said you were born in 75 and yeah, I had sure. a sort of listening to your background was very, uh, sort of, uh, similar, uh, experience. I think we got our first, computer when I was six or seven. My dad you, was an inventor. Get, Commodore
1: 64, of course. Okay. Mine was IBM PC junior. Yeah. And we I were like, uh,
0: you know, doing print shop and all the really basic sort of stuff. RBI baseball, I think was the first like sports game I was playing on there. It was awesome. But, and my dad also was an inventor, although of, of medical devices. So it was just oh. very, a lot of what you said sort of echoed, uh, as very familiar to my, my own childhood, but it really was an incredible time with regard to technology and computers to, 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 grow up i think but um i didn't take that route what made you sort of realize that you know computing and programming was sort of your your light bulb thing that was what you wanted to focus on was it as a result of gaming or was it a result of you know people always have their different story of why they really you know uh, were, were drawn to it
1: that's a good question i don't think i've ever been asked that um I was, you know, I, I remember games like Montezuma's Revenge on the PC Junior and, and a few other ones like that at like Seamus and uh, um, Leisure Suit Larry, which came Oh my and God, man, like and this, Police that... Quest and all those. <laughs> yeah, Quest. Leisure Suit Larry. King's Quest, oh yeah, like, like those things. So yeah, gaming was a big part of it, but it wasn't just about gaming. I went to the camps for robotics and computers and um, I don't know, I, I it just, maybe it's problem solving. Um, I was building computers as well. Uh, I, I was a developer, but, but that wasn't really where I saw myself fitting myself. And I, I always felt that I would run teams of developers and creators. Um, I think that I'm a, a, I put pieces together, I think. And, and I can, uh, it's, it's really the problem solving. My dad is a problem solver. The questioning of why with everything uh, drives him nuts? And why is it like that? And it could be a better way to do things. And, and, it, and it eats away at you until you figure this stuff out. And I, I take that around with me, everything that I do and everything I see in it. And it's like, why was I greeted like that at the, at the restaurant? Is there a better way? How would I do it? How would I create this formula to make a restaurant better? Would I have singing chefs come out and greet you? Would I have visibility of TV screens on the entrance showing the chef cooking the food to draw people in? These are things that I thought about, and 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 I and I and I it's it's about problem solving. It's about um, it's about putting a formula together that can can take a problem because I love to solve problems and and come up with a solution along the way. This is exactly what I've done created a general problem solving formula, I call perfect formula. And it's the idea that that that, um, that putting together principles, tools, and processes that I've put through over the years, um, how can I utilize what I believe I have, which is problem solving capabilities, to be the most service to the world and service to life. And I do it because it makes me happy. And I do it via perfect formula, this model, this general problem solving formula that I've developed for micro and macro problems that I use in everything that I do. And my goal in the future is to, is to take that to the world and continue to do it in, in greater things. And, and blockchain is one of my tools in my tool belt that I've been able to develop, but it's not the be all and end all, it's, it's a part of things. And it's, 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 it's the, the principles, it's the uh, trying to create winning situations for as many stakeholders as possible, adding as many stakeholders as you can into any problem to then use my brain to come up with a way to create movements by bringing people together and, and, and understanding that if we do this together and we're all in this together and we're all one, and, and the more you can do to, to, to help people in their lives, the more people will join you, I think, and, and the more good will be done and, and the more we'll be able to, to create a better place to live for more people. And that's really what, what drives me and what I want to be doing with my life.
0: That's awesome. Well, first, I got in trouble for playing Leisure Suit Larry when I was a kid at my <laughs> friend's house. We were not supposed to be playing and his mom walked in and found <laughs> us playing. Anyway, yeah. I'm not going to get into it, but anyone here who knows what it is would know I know why. exactly
1: what you're talking about.
0: <laughs> um, <laughs> It's kind of like the Grand Theft Auto of our generation, I guess, in a, in a weird way. But um, you know, in a weird,
1: very weird way, and in very cal- much calmer way, uh, our stuff. Yes, yes been.
0: certainly. Um, so you said obviously that you're a problem solver, and that's sort of how you approach, uh, you know, what you want to focus on moving moving forward and what you've done in the past. I'm curious what you see as the biggest problems that we need solving right now. Um, not necessarily crypto specific, just in general, I think that uh, a lot of the things you probably saw in two thousand and twelve that you already identified as problematic have come to the forefront for most people in the last year, the money and uh, obviously the reason you want to become your own bank. What are the biggest problems we need to need to solve now.
1: so to me the the the, the core problem that I've determined I think is the biggest problem is the the incentive structures that are driving the world the business models that drive the world. and Uh, generally it's focused around maximizing shareholder returns and that strive to make more money and to consistently providing these returns for investors that people are beholden to uh, ends up leading to a a, a dysfunctional, um, you know, or sorry, a a degraded planet and and people that are not being sufficed and people that are being pushed out because the, the drive to do one thing is all about dials and you have to maneuver and massage things. And the more you're doing and seeking one thing, the consequences it's going to have when you're doing that. And I believe this, this model of, of, of corporations having to consistently return these, these things, it's okay. But I don't think they're doing it in a way that is, is optimum. And I think that my mission is to provide a new way of looking at things that says, by well, you doing more good for people, and I'm talking about how can you figure as, as being a brand or a person that, that can realize by me helping more and more people, I'm going to get more and more people on my side and I'm gonna get what I want by doing more good for people. So it's, it's not that it's it's a striving to for wealth of, of different things, of money, of knowledge, and all things is, is bad. But if you're doing it in a way where you're not getting as close to 100% of the population behind what you're doing, and it's and you can't figure out ways to work with your competitors or be able to work with others in the space and figure out, hey, is there a better way we can do this together? Is there a better way that we can do this to help more people I, I believe if that happens, more people will be behind what you're doing and you're going to in turn get the respect and you're going to get people buying your products. So you're going to get people doing things. When, So I think there needs to be a shift and a recognition that, and it's happening, we've seen things come out where CEOs have gotten together and said, we can't just be looking at this maximizing shareholder returns because it's having the consequences and we need to figure out a better way that's going to not uh, disclude so many people in this mix and not lead to the scandal and the greed that, that emerge of every documentary that comes out problems that are coming up and, and business models that people are realizing you know is it, is it right I'm giving my information away and then it's being monetized or is it right that I'm that I'm being uh, uh, manipulated into doing certain actions based on what advertisers want and I don't even know that it's, that's being done and 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 this is leading to this tribe mentality and this these, these people that are so convinced what they're reading in the news is real and then they, they, their emotions start tying to that and they start going off the rails and and these issues, and it's a very big problem and it comes at the end of the day I think back to these models these models of of advertising these models that are that are that are trying to get people to do things without them actually knowing they're doing it and it's it's and it's unfortunate because I think it's it's very uh, manipulative and it's it's taking advantage of people that are not sophisticated enough to understand and that's the direction of being led and it's, it's leading to to family issues. It's leading to all kinds of problems, It's leading to misinformation of, of things that are just preposterous out there that people believe. And I just think it's a, it needs a whole shift and a whole change uh, and an evolution towards, towards, um, and, and problem solvers to step up and, and create better, better ways of doing things that bring people along. It's not saying we're going to get rid of those people and we're going to, we're going to you know, just, you know, let's get rid of the banks. Let's get rid of these models. No, it's, they still be brought along as well. Let's provide them with better solutions that everybody's gonna win and everybody's gonna to, going to be able to bring what they're good at to the table and what we can utilize them as good at and, and, and create a, a better a better system for things. And that's, I think what's, what's up for entrepreneurs and problem solvers to do that. And, I, and I'd like to kind of help to spearhead that and be a leader that, that people can, this leadership is, is, is sorely lacking and, and we really need people to come forward. That's gonna create better plans and, and solutions.
0: Yeah, it's problematic much like politics because the people who need to make the change are the ones who are least incentivized to make that change because they're profiting from it, right? And so you have a situation where all of us are the product rather than the uh, customer and people don't realize it as you touched on. So the question then is that I think we can all agree that those are huge problems, but how do we solve those problems knowing that the people in power are the ones perpetuating their problems, those problems purposefully for profit, obviously.
1: Yeah, we I, we need to come up with plans that show them a better way to do things that their lives will also be improved by them joining this plan. So it's it's aligning stakeholders, and identifying all the stakeholders, and then not stopping with the problem-solving layers till you come up with something that you're going to try to get to. 100% of those stakeholders are are going to be involved in the solution. So I don't believe you know in the it's always been like that. That's the way it's going to be. I don't believe that if there's people against you, we can't figure out something that you're going to provide a better solution for them. That they're going to say, really, if I meet you, and you, you know, I'm your competitor. Why would I, why would you provide a solution to me? It's like, well, why don't we work together on this? Why don't we figure out a way that's right. like anything that's being fought or anything that you have to put energy into that, that I believe is, is not, you know, that you're consistently in the back of your mind is negative energy or, or you got these other people on that. And they're my enemies. They're against me. That type of thinking and the mentality, if it's not, uh, positive and, and I, you know I, I try to create a line i got negative on one side positive on one side and i don't even want to see this one side i want to consistently have my mind and thoughts going towards the most positive and optimism things i could think of and loving things that's where I, and, and you are what you think i believe so the more energy you can put into those things and the more you can remove negative uh, words from your vocabulary and the more you can be very clear in your talking and clear in your messaging and and, and, and provide hope for people and provide solutions for people i think that's what people are going to Kind of navigate or kind of uh, move towards. So I, I think those people that are that are in in the leadership roles maybe that don't have the problem solving capabilities are doing what it is that they know how to do, and 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 they need to be presented with 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 a, with a, with a guide with a plan, a plan that has a, a guide that has a plan for them. And that's kind of where I see. I'd like to be be one of those people, and I'd like my superhero network of problem solvers to come together and, and, and work together. With everybody to to help provide new ways and new things. Because if you're presented with something. look at it and go wait a second this improves me it improves everybody in here's life by carrying out this plan why wouldn't you do it there'd be be a silly reason not to do that it just takes the 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 acumen and the skill and and the and the models to provide and figure out those solutions and the crypto space is full of people that have amazing amazing ideas and thoughts and 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 it's it's that network of social capital trust capital all those different capitals that i hope that I been able to, to bring to the table and hope that, uh, that that others see that that's what I'm striving for I'm striving to, to be of service and and I love being of service because it, it makes me happy and um, that's that's my, my whole mission and, and I think making other people happy is one of the greatest things that, that people can do
0: interesting because what you just described would could be used by many to describe the early days of crypto or even crypto development in general which is you know in when everybody is incentivized towards the same goal, even if that incentive has nothing to do with anyone else, you incentivize their greed, right? Just make it better for them. And they have no reason to be a bad actor. I mean, that's obviously kind of the core thinking behind proof of work, right? I mean, proof of stake, right? I mean, you don't attack the network because you make more money by by being a good actor and by lining Aligning
1: everybody's incentives, I think, is paramount. And, it, it, and when I say it's it's... Like one of the 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 core elements of my problem solving formula is, you know, you identify the stakeholders in in the problem. But can you add the rest of the world as a stakeholder? I always put that into the mix. It's it's not you know there's micro problems I've identified and macro problems. Micro are the ones that maybe don't involve the rest of the world. It's your day to day life where you're going through a problem and you're trying to work something out, and it doesn't need to involve the rest of the world necessarily. I put a macro problem as something bigger, something that's a larger problem there. And if you add who you think the stakeholders are, that's great. But how do you then take it to the next level and add the rest of the world as a stakeholder? And any solution you come up with can, can, can bring the whole world as, as a winner into this solution. So I think that's, that's, that's a really important uh, aspect of it is to try to add the world as a stakeholder to a large problem and then use the brain power and methods in order to come up with a solution that creates a win-win-win-win-win-win-win for all stakeholders. And that's how I believe movements, movements are created.
0: I mean, financially, is that what Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies effectively do? Because obviously it's hard to imagine a system where central banks fix themselves and, and behave to the benefit of the average person. It's hard to see a system where you know, uh, 100% of people own stock rather than just 40 or 45% who actually benefit from that sort of system you talked about uh, in the market and really the top 1%, as we know. So, I mean, is that, do we, can the legacy fixed system be fixed or do we have to opt out of it completely and do it through Bitcoin, basically, when you're talking strictly financially?
1: I'm, I'm optimistic that there's a way to, to create a transition that's um, stable and is going to provide solutions and, and opportunities for legacy systems to come into the new system without, without as much fight I don't know if how long it's going to take and, and, and I might be wrong. I mean, I'm not a binary person. I think there's a, you know, I like to do numbers and percentages, maybe 60% of me thinks that maybe 40% of me doesn't, but in and in all, I, I believe that that's, that, that's, that's what's going to happen. So, and I hope that's, what's going to happen. And, and hopefully I can, you know, I, I, I'd love to do what I can to try to try to get it there because I, I've never been in the, in the us versus them mentality. I, I you know, while, while doing my stuff, Uh, with Decentral with my company and doing my stuff in 2015-2016, I was the Chief Digital Officer of the Toronto Stock Exchange. So I consulted with banks and and it's all about, hey guys, what are your problems here? What are you facing? Is there a way for us to to, to utilize what you're good at and and maybe take what we're good at and figure out what people's problems are and put that all together to come up with solutions that everybody's going to be a win with. So I, I, I'm optimistic with that approach that it's not the, let's just get rid of those people and let's just disregard them because that turns into enemies and it turns into really right. fighting and you want people on your side. I think it, it's, it's just a better way to do things. You want a team working together towards a common goal, but people need to be brought and shown the light of a better way to do that. And that's where the problem solving and, and, and the new ways of thinking in.
0: It's official. The digital art market is going mainstream. It's been exploding this past year with over 10 million in sales in December alone, and it's just getting started. There's no better time than now to diversify your holdings with art investments, which have long been seen as an asset class. That's consistently outperformed the S and P 500. Makers place is the go-to premium marketplace for purchasing rare digital artworks from the world's top creators like comic art legend, Jose Delbo, Trevor Jones, digital wizard, Pac, artists collected by MoMA, Guggenheim, and many others. They have new artwork drops twice a week where collectors have the opportunity to add a coveted piece of rare digital art to their portfolio. Artworks from these drops have a history of selling out within seconds of release and have been reselling several months later for upwards of 10X. Collectors can subscribe for exclusive drop notifications on makersplace.com thewolf. You don't want to miss out on this action. Trust me. Guys, unless you've been living under a rock, you know that one of the most exciting use cases of crypto now is to earn yield and also to take low interest loans, especially since you earn next to nothing in your crappy legacy bank account. Nexo is leading the charge in this arena with 360 degree crypto banking services. One thing that i'm really excited about that's new is that they have the nexo exchange it's a real game changer with more than 75 crypto and fiat pairs to swap between instantly without leaving the nexo wallet app and with prices fixed at order submission their smart routing system gives a best price guarantee by connecting you to multiple exchanges Now, if you're looking to park your crypto and earn yield, you can make up to 12% annual interest for doing absolutely nothing. If you're looking for a loan, they have them for as little as 5.9% APR and you don't have to sell your crypto, which we all know is a taxable event. The credit lines are also dynamic, meaning that as the value of your crypto goes up, So does your available credit this is so cool and innovative i've never seen something like that before so please check them out at nexo.io exchange and put your crypto to work for you what's up guys i want to let you know that this march it's time to bring on the boosts with bit casino and the saint patrick's day casino boost promo each day there'll be a casino boost crashing onto the site for a host of different slots these boosts can run to 33% and last up to 11 minutes at a time. The thing is, these slots have a mind of their own. You never know when or where they'll hit, and they'll only be revealing the goods on the day of the boost. So check out the site every day to catch only the biggest boosts. Use the promo link bitcasino.io scott for a special incentive. Celebrate St. Patrick's Day and go green with BitCasino, the original Bitcoin-led online gaming destination that continues to set the standard for fun, fast and fair gameplay, deposit, wager and withdraw in Bitcoin, Ethereum, Litecoin, Tron and more all in real time, all the time with Bit Casino. Right, now moving along. Uh, There's obvious challenges for your average person with crypto as well. I mean, you love to talk about that you could just opt out of the system and buy Bitcoin, but obviously we know that it's not that easy to use day to day. And also, most people are not up to the responsibility of being their own bank. That was very attractive to you, obviously, when you started. You touched on that in 2012. But do you think your average person is ready to secure their own assets?
1: Yeah, it, it's 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 a, it's about a choice of philosophy for people. And I say that there's 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 definitely reasons to keep stuff on an exchange or sometimes if you think it makes sense. There's definitely reasons to be in control of it if you want, and there's things in between. There's times in this hardware wallets, so there's not. But what is growing is the is the utility and, and the the experiences and the user experience to 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 create. Uh, systems that people can still feel confident that they're in control, but they have backup mechanisms in place as well. And that's what it's going to take. It's going to take a a way to say that a user feels comfortable being in control because they know there's a lot of fail-safe mechanisms in place that have been created and people have innovated in that. And there's been so much that happens over the year, but we're still very early on and and I've been building these tools and I build these interfaces and I I build the experiences and it's always been to build for my dad or for my alumni to use. So it's, it's, it's how can I build stuff for the average Smart. person to do? That's always been our, our my company's mandate, building wallets and building interfaces that connect to these technologies. But but uh, I, I understand the case that it's not ready yet for, for those things. And maybe people feel, feel safer in other ways. And well, there's those options as well. It's about options and choice. And the more choices that become available that are better will the ones that survive will the fittest, the ones that grow through. And I do hope there's a day that the average person is gonna look at it and go, wow, this is easy. I feel safe. Um, it's a great experience, uh, it's portable, it means I can make it from, take it from one system to another and not have to worry about one company failing or something like that happening. And, and this has is, this is improved my life and it's a better way of doing things because I didn't like the way things were before and I didn't like giving away my information, not being in control. And it's about empowering people. I think most people want to be empowered with the tools they need to be in control of their lives and that's what I've been building. And I think uh, a lot of colleagues and, uh, are building that and, and it's going to keep getting better.
0: I mean, with that in mind, if the end goal is that holistic experience where you're both secure and comfortable and confident uh, in your ability to use it, how early are we and, and how far away are those solutions?
1: I I, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's, not a, it's not a yes or no thing for me. It's, it's, it's going to still take time. There are people that do understand things and want to be in control. I mean, we have thousands of New Year's of the day that are using Jack's Liberty, my, my wallet. And most of these are new people because we've identified the majority of our, of our users are the 99% of the world that are not crypto fanatics. And they just are looking into for Bitcoin, are looking for Ethereum, maybe a couple other ones. That's 95% of what goes on in, in the wallets we create. Sure. And, they're, and they're doing well. And, of course, there's going to be times when people don't understand that they got to be careful and they're going to a, a malicious uh, copycat website that, that's out there of us or apps that get on the store that are not ours. And people put their keys in and, 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 and their money gets taken and 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 that's an issue. So we're constantly trying to figure out better ways and better communications with, with how to take down the, the fake stuff that's out there, which is, it's just, it's rampant. It's, it's daily, we're dealing with problems like that. But there's literally thousands of people that use our product and, and new ones on a daily basis that, that are um saying I, i'd rather go in this direction and i don't want to put my stuff on exchanges necessarily and, and i understand how this works and and, and i get it so it's a, it's, a, it's a wide slew of people a wide wide range of people of agents of, of different technological experiences and things like that and it'll keep getting uh, better tools and and they'll feel more and more comfortable i think down the road but along the way there's gonna be a lot of hurt and there's going to be a lot of people that are going to be losing their money but that's part of that personal responsibility movement i think that that needs to happen in the world it's uh, i think i think that being able to take the control and in, in, for the individual of money communication and identities those are three pillars that i build around and i believe that those should be owned by an individual and the individual should be deciding how and if they want to monetize what what they are and what they have and, and right now it's, it's almost a given to a lot of these business models that you give them something there and you're giving them your identity or you're giving them your decision making and they're going to take it and decide what to do but we're seeing the problems that are coming with that and people are questioning that, that type of stuff so i think we're in the right direction what's going on in our industry and i don't know how long it's going to be until we get to the to what what you had mentioned about everybody being safe but i think there's, there's there's a movement and a progression and i'm confident that's going to happen eventually
0: yeah i mean unfortunately we've seen the progression with time obviously hackers become more interested the more popular it becomes and the more you have average people the easier they are to target. I've heard the story you just told about your wallet at least five times in the last month. You know, somebody makes a copycat website. They tell you you're going to get an airdrop. You enter your private keys for them to give you the airdrop. And all of a sudden, your your um, account is liquidated. Yeah. I mean, yeah. education.
1: It's got to be the education. And that's something that's always on the back of my mind, too, is how do we educate as many people as possible? The the ins and outs that you need to know about this space and, and so that people don't get harmed. because It, it does really you know, sometimes you, you feel, you know, am I, are you doing good? Are you, are, or, or are you getting into situations where people are getting harmed and, and would it make more sense to, to not be doing what I'm doing? Because uh, a guy messaged you yesterday that, that by using our wallet, he then downloaded a copycat site and he lost all his money and you feel for this. And you're like, 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 like what can I do better to, to make the experiences better and, and, and to make the information better? And, and it's a challenge, but it's something that I'm you know, committed to keep doing for our, for our users. Uh, and, and, uh, and and just with the industry as a whole and working with, with other colleagues uh, that have other wallets and working together on better best practices and other things that can be done. And, and as a community, uh, working together to, 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 do th- to create better things for, for more people to, to help them out. So
0: I mean, it must be sickening to get those those calls, you know. And I get them. I get messages all the time, and I'm I don't I can't help, you know. <laughs> I I did have those. Lines. It's
1: those you get, and you get the, the requests for for and in the, in the dire situations. People are in asking for money and things, and then it's, it's heartbreaking. To so, what can you do about it? You just keep figuring out what. For me, it's the duty I feel I have to to to. Do bigger, bigger things that are going to help more and more people, and that's where my, my mind is at.
0: I mean, while well, we're, we're sitting here talking, and thousands of people will listen, and some of them may not be so you know passionate about crypto or understand these things, are there some very, very basic things that people should never do that we should be telling them about that maybe we haven't? I mean, we probably have, but like for example, never yep. to enter your private keys into any site anywhere, <laughs> yeah,
1: and, and that works until you have to. Restore your wallet onto uh, a wallet company's thing, and you thought you're in the right site, but you're not. So, in order to to restore your wallet, you got to put your 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 private keys in, and but you you're on the wrong site, and and that site is just there to take your private keys. So, uh, ensuring that you're on the right uh, location. So, double always check uh, the the addresses. Double double check and verify. Um, Make sure you have the right site. Uh, Don't necessarily look at advertisements. There's a lot of fake, malicious advertisements out there on Google where it'll be the first thing you see, but that's to a a scam site. Such a problem with Uniswap in the early days. Yeah, Uh, it's happened with us. It's happened with Ledger. It's happened with all kinds of wallets out there. Where, because we don't advertise, right? Like I I don't, I don't, I don't spend a dime on advertising for for our stuff. It's, it's all been organic uh, to this point. We're getting into growth mode finally now to really start to working on user acquisition now, but it's been eight years of building infrastructure for us. So when we don't advertise and someone ad- advertises using our name and they're at the top there and people are clicking that, it's like, gee, what do I do to stop that? It's like Google, how are you letting, how is this being allowed to be on there? So I'm, I am hoping those guys take a little more notice in the app stores about uh, how they can control what's going on there and and take a little more initiative to do that because things are running rampant and it's leading to a lot of people getting hurt and it's really unfortunate. Uh, So what what should people be doing? Uh, Spend as much time researching and understanding the technology. If you're not as sophisticated enough, perhaps uh, align yourself with somebody or a group that you feel comfortable with and confident in. It's all about knowledge. It's all about understanding the way things work. Maybe uh, uh, start dabbling in a little bit first, Uh, really get a grasp of it and understanding of things. Um, uh, but education and, and, and finding trusted sources is difficult. It's hard to even go on the web and start, like, where's the starting point to learn about this? Uh, you could ask 10 people and they'll say 10 different things, but is there, is there, you know, how do we get those trusted resources out that you can believe? And there's so much noise out there and so many, uh, you know, everybody and their uncle's coming up with a new project in, in NFT now, and that happened with the ICO craze. So there's just so much noise out there that a lot of people could just say, i'm too frustrated to even get into this so how do we create that change that people will want to to um to get involved in something that i think it's really important They understand and know because it's, it's it's going to impact their lives very much it's going to impact their children's lives it's going to impact their sectors and businesses that they're in so it's i believe really important to stay ahead of the curve and know where things are going it's going to start piece by piece but but to just be stagnant and just to, throw your hands up, I think um, is not the best option, but then it's also up to the creators and the builders to, to provide the, the and the educators to provide those sources and things that people can feel they have, they have their hand being held for the building.
0: So at the end of the day, it comes down to personal responsibility and educating yourself in a world where people often fail to take personal responsibility and educate I'd, themselves. I'd, I'd it, really to is a, it really is a tough challenge.
1: I'd agree to that. I, I'm a big believer in personal responsibility. And uh, I think the more that you get handouts, the more that you're given, uh, it's, it's harder to, to, to earn that principle or that tool about the importance of personal responsibility and, and being responsible for one's actions. And that's, that's going to lead to a, 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 you know, more skills and more, more knowledge. And, 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 and that's how you build trust capital. And that's how you build all the different types of capital that are needed to, to be someone that, uh, um, that is virtuous, I believe. So, so personal responsibility is a, is a major message. And I think, uh, I, I hope that there's a shift that happens towards that. And sometimes I, I, you know, I, I question the direction a lot, of, a lot of things are going, but I am optimistic that we can do things that'll help uh, get people to understand there's a better way to do that. And that personal responsibility is something that might be challenging, but at the end of the day, uh, it, has its, it has its rewards.
0: You just talked about not believing in uh, handouts and believing, obviously, in personal responsibility as the uh, United States government is actively dropping $1.9 trillion. (laughs) It's not that Uh, I (laughs)
1: don't believe in handouts. I'd say that there's got to be a balance on that. And and there's certain legitimate cases, I believe, that that handouts might be needed for things. But when that becomes the expected, uh, this is the way that we're going to handle things. And, and, why do I have to do anything? Cause I'm just going to get a handout. It really creates a society. I think that's, that, 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 that it would be, would become, an, would go on a down, a decline. And, and I think that that shift has to be created more of the, of the leadership that brings the idea and a plan of personal responsibility. And here's a, here's a plan of action that we're going to lift, the, lift uh, society up and it's going to require a lot of work. And we're going to need people that, 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 that want to work and want to contribute. And uh, if, if, that doesn't happen, there's consequences to that not happening. Uh, There's there's other countries out there that are are doing things differently. And maybe what can be learned from those other countries that are leading to a flourishing and a thriving, which is what I would think every company would want to be leading towards. Um, So I I hope that that's that's the direction that uh, the countries that are are maybe not looking as good now can take and and embrace uh, new ways of doing things and, and, and be more mindful and more open to change.
0: That, that, that makes sense. So you're obviously somewhat bullish on the crypto space still since you're actively building and you have Jack's Wallet and uh, obviously you've been innovating in the space forever. What do you view as the biggest potential threats to the success of this experiment?
1: Um, I, I think the common things that most people would be talking about are regulatory risk. Um, we are going to be technical limitations and how long it's going to take to fix some, some issues and some things uh, the, we're in this, this typical boom and bust cycle that's going to continue to happen when there's money to be made and and uh, people thinking that there's easy opportunities to come and, and try to, to, to make a quick buck with things. So the the amount of noise that's out there in projects uh, will eventually lead to resets and will lead to a, a delayed time for actual meaningful technologies to make their way and figure out how they are going to be, be, be brought in. So I think that's what's happening in the NFT space right now. Um, I think the, you know, NFTs were sexy to me maybe three, four or five years ago, with the thought of what could be done with that. And um, I've always felt physical and digital needs to come together more, not just necessarily digital. I think there's there's a difference between a Bitcoin and an NFT digital art piece, a Bitcoin you have and you own, and you only have one of that. I can take a print of, of an NFT and I can put it on my wall here. doesn't mean I own it, but I have a print of it. So it's, it has to figure out where the value comes in from these systems. so. That's why I like the idea of physical and digital together and not just that, but also experiential. Those three things, I think, coming together can provide a new layer to NFT that, that we don't have. We haven't seen too much of yet. So right now it's a it's a lot of, um, um, you know, the, the early stages of the traditional uh, booms and bust cycles of, 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 of happens with anything. So it's it's in the you know, the the uh, the everybody's just in a, in, a, in a fury right now with this and trying to figure out how they can 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 utilize this to, to make some money. Um, and, and over time it's gonna it's gonna progress. Innovation is gonna happen, and the real value and it's gonna, it's gonna it's gonna find its place, it's gonna come out of it. So um, I think the 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 cycles are are definitely gonna, gonna you know ups and downs, and I don't know how long things are gonna take and, and what are the benchmarks for this to be considered a success. And I'm not exactly sure what, what that particularly is right now. I would say regulatory is, is probably a big thing. Uh, the countries that are not um, embracing and trying to think different about regulations and, and how do we solve the problems that we have, but, or I don't like to say we, how, how did they how are problems solved, but um, in a way that uh, are thinking differently because you, you can't use the same tools to solve the same problems that have always been the same way. So there needs to be an advancement in the way that regulatory regulations are looked at and the countries that figure that out are gonna be the ones that thrive, that create new jobs, that create and export their talent, their skills and all the different things that are you wanna have as a country. And, for me, that's what I want to do here in Canada. I'm a, you know, I, I'm I'm from Toronto here, born, born and born raised in Canada. I'm British Italian as my background, um, but I think Canada has a lot of stuff to offer here. We're very multicultural. We have these 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 certain things that I don't think a lot of other countries have in terms of such a great vast wealth wealth of, of of culture and, and people that are 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 also more humble and and also I think that gives us some edge on certain things and. Uh, it's those countries that recognize how can they do better for themselves and then how can they do better for other countries? How can they take what's been learned here and export that knowledge in a way that's saying, we don't want to hold it here. We want to we want to put it out there for others to, to, to take and others to use and, and others. Because at the end of the day, if we're all, all being and coming forward in this global system that we're in here, it's going to be better for everybody. So I'm hoping that, that that's what a lot of the countries are striving towards. And the ones that are more restrictive the ones that are trying to really hold things together and restrain within borders and restrain things and try to protect, to me, that's fighting. And fighting is not the best way to do things. And the more free and open, and the more you can work with others, the more ideas are going to flourish and grow. So, uh, regulatory is something that's a question mark. Um, different countries are going to thrive and succeed, and others are going to learn from it, hopefully. Because if they don't, uh, they're going to they're going to struggle. So, it's a fine balance of things. of What's the problem and why are they regulating? What are they really concerned about here? Let's think about that problem. And then is there a better way to do it that's also gonna encourage uh, technology flourishing, growth and and new ideas and innovation. And that's where problem solving and entrepreneurs need to step up and come together to provide those solutions I believe to go.
0: Yeah, it's it's interesting because it sounds once again like you're describing how Ethereum was built. Right. I mean, you had a core group and then you open the doors and everybody built on it and it sort of improved. If countries behave that way, it would be incredible. But uh, we largely don't see them do that.
1: Um, maybe interesting. You, get more, you get more and more crypto people that are going to be getting involved in, in the role. You've, got, you've yeah. got people like Brock Pierce uh, trying to take active roles in service and uh, mm-hmm. a few other of my colleagues that are, that, are, that are getting positions and things. And maybe it's those ideas that are going to create the change. needed. And, and uh, I, I look forward to that happening.
0: Right. I mean, I think regulation is inevitable. We can all agree on that. So the threat ends up being just sort of blind or dumb regulation, so to <laughs> speak. Right. It's, it's regulation from people that have no core understanding of what they're regulating.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah. And, which is funny because I think we all know that I'm, I'm in the United States, but I think we all know that our senators and congressmen don't read or write the uh, 2500 page bills that they uh, pass. Law. What's, what's,
1: that, what's that thing about uh, in your lifetime, you, you wouldn't be able to read all the, the things that you're expected to know and ignorance of the law is not an excuse. So how does that equate? And I mean, like, how, do, how does that even work? So yeah, there's just a lot of a lot of written stuff out there and a lot of laws and a lot of rules out there and maybe there's a better way.
0: It's interesting what you were saying about NFTs. Um, we've seen these sort of, I guess, bubbles, as you would describe it, uh, throughout the crypto you know, history, uh, certainly ICOs in 2017, as you touched on, some could argue that the you know, the last summer for DeFi was somewhat that way, where with the food coins and rug pulls and yield farming and all that. Now, obviously, we're seeing this sort of crazy growth in NFTs. But essentially, you said I could hang a JPEG of it on, on your wall. How is that different than some, you know, every single girl in my college uh, dorm having a picture of the starry night? On their wall, but we also we obviously know that that's not the original Van
1: Gogh that's hanging there. It's bragging rights. No, oh, yeah, sure. So, that's for I sure. I don't want to say it in a negative connotation or a negative way like that, but it's literally uh, there's collectors out there that yeah they collect and 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 that's what they. Do. I I'm not one of those. Uh, but right. to say that they have that Mona Lisa, they have that thing. Is is what they're going after. The people are willing to spend a lot of money, and that's what markets are. So, whatever people are willing to buy and sell, the thing gives the value of what that product is, um, and that's that's what we're seeing right now. And we're seeing history being made. Is what it is, and people want to be a piece of history, part of history. And then you see new business models that are going to develop from this as well. And how are how are they going to monetize those things and do these things? And that's innovation. It's really exciting to think of all these uh, you know limitless possibilities that are going to emerge from this, and it's going to find its way, and it's going to. Going to, uh, you know, after it kind of, I think there's going to be a reset. There's going to be a reset and there's going to be done a slow, slow yeah. building. It's just that it follows the traditional uh, formulas. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I, I I agree. Everybody gets really excited. They Most of what they invest in becomes worth nothing. And then the uh, yeah, it's the internet boom of the 90s. We always throw back to that. But, the, you know, the the, was, the phoenix yeah. rise from the ashes and uh, we see what's actually worth something.
1: It's also funny you mentioned that at the beginning that you mentioned about, you know, me picking up on crypto right away. Uh, I introduced people to crypto in 2017. Well, not crypto, but, but into yeah. NFTs and, and into Ethereum in 2017 on our unrelated. Uh, I was looking to, to get a, a, a video guy to do some work for me for the boat cruise I was doing in New York city for consensus. And I connected with people and, and we talked and I'm like explaining to him the opportunity for artists and wow. NFT and what's going to be going on. And, and, uh, he messaged me last year as I started looking in, he's like, Anthony, I remember a conversation from last and I wish I, I wish I'd kept it going on that, but this is amazing. And I'm starting out. This is, this is awesome. So, <laughs> so it's like, it's like, Hey, I didn't do anything there. You didn't take it up, but that's all good. But I'm so proud of you for what you're doing now. And he's just been been, been doing an amazing job with it. And, it, and it's uh, so, so okay. proud of him and, and the payoff so, of work that he's done over these 14 years of every days. And like just, that's, that's just shows determination of uh, and what you can achieve. If you put your head to things and you build your skill, and and it and it could pay off, and I'm hoping that's what artists are going to grab from this is is a new avenue for them to empower to monetize digital, and that's what th- there's this, that's why this is so exciting is that you have musicians and you have uh, artists and you have all these different things that are recognizing now with digital you can create something that you can you can give ownership to somebody else and that can go and it's it, the, the people's minds are getting blown and that's why it's going big. So it's not that it's a it's a, it's a bad thing. or it's not that this is not amazing technology. It is, um, but it's going to have to find its way. And there's going to be along the way. It's going to, it's going to you know, people are going to lose a lot of money. Uh, people are going to, are going to, you know, do well, some aren't, but that's just the cycles and the way that things are, and then it will finally find its way and it's going to improve everybody's lives. It's going to find its niche and it's going to be great. And people go, wow, this is amazing. That's, that's what the internet did. That's what computers did. That's what modems did. Everything is like that. And, uh, and it's, it's exciting to see these new things come out and to be living while this stuff is happening and seeing it emerge.
0: Yeah. people is actually the podcast before you <laughs> in, it's in, funny, in the scheduling. An incredible conversation with him and just such a smart and uh, yeah. interesting person. And it's a lesson that the cream rises to the top. Yeah. I think. That's right. And, I mean, hard, his hard art's work. not going anywhere. His art's
1: not going anywhere. Hard yes. work and building your skills and your tools are are going to are going to get you ahead. And, and and who knows if he ever thought this would have the payback that he's had now? But he's been successful for a very long time. Yes, been super successful. He's a great well. following yep. and hardworking. And these are all I think great things that people can look up to and strive towards. And when you get stories like that, it's got to inspire the youth and inspire the the little guys to, to say, wow, he did this and this is what hard work is. And that's the direction that, that, that I want to go. And, 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 and that's, you know, like I give it to him and others that do that for providing the leadership to, 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 and, and role models to do that.
0: Right. And obviously for anyone who's like sort of more deeply involved in the space, they realize that maybe art is not the end all be all for NFT technology anyways. Right. I mean, it's the more boring things, the brass tacks that, ownership of my car or my mortgage and those kind of things that can be tokenized, you know, with non-fungible tokens that probably are the bigger future, I would yeah, imagine. And, and that's
1: that's why, space. you know, what's, what's going on now is not the most exciting thing for me is because I, I've been involved in those projects like VeChain and I was an early funder for that. So this was all about how can you take a chip and embed it into a Louis Vuitton handbag and then be able to prove that that is not a counterfeit. And that's been around for a while. And, how can you embed things into auto parts to ensure that these are these are legitimate things? And how do you put a chip in a wine bottle to prove that that wine yeah, is authentic from, from the manufacturer? So that's the, the exciting things to me. And then it's even, you know, but that's been exciting or that's been around for years for me as well. So it's how do you take that even to the next level and do things is, is what's interesting and exciting. And I never really personally got into it just for a matter of time, but it's always been something I felt was. You know, there's a lot, a lot of, of, of amazing new ways to, to prove ownership and to prove chain of custody and to prove authenticity that, that this is just kind of starting out with and the world's kind of becoming more and more aware of it right
0: now. Yeah. Um, so what are you working on next with Jack's Wallet or and, and in any other projects that you're working on? But like, you know, what, sure. what are the problems you're solving immediately at this, this moment with those projects?
1: So there's three actually things uh, that, I, that I'm doing, I got Jack's livery, which is the, the culmination of eight years of, of infrastructure building. We identified what were all the things needed for the internet that are needed for crypto. So um, you have the, the new decentralized world emerging and what's going to be needed for that. And you have a browser for the internet, you have a wallet for, for crypto, you have cloud services for the internet, you have your blockchain as a service, uh, you know, services for, for crypto. You have your partnership network, app stores, things like that, you have the same thing for crypto. So I've been building for eight years all of those tools. So the browser is the wallet, that's the interface, the infrastructure that we've been building to connect to these networks. And that's not an easy feat to create scalable, interoperable backend systems to connect to Ethereum. So every time there's a new block, we've got to show our users all around the world that, that your wallet just changed based on that new block. And it's not just for Ethereum, it's for all these other coins that we support. How does that all talk together? So we've like been building the AWS of, of, of crypto uh, to to be able to have others build on our stuff. And Right now, Jax is the is the client for our, our infrastructure. But eventually, my goal is to bring that to the enterprise level and be able to have uh, developers and others build on our infrastructure because it works. It's fantastic. It's scalable. It's been eight years of research and trial and error, and it's not something you can pick up in a year. So we've really created something of value that's, that's been a lot of hard work and a lot of making mistakes and a lot of figuring out, uh, you know, why do I need to reset this every single day and have to have a team working on this? And it's like, our stuff just works now. It's scalable. We don't have to have, have, they just literally just been functioning for a year and we don't have to touch it. And that's just an amazing feat because I don't know of any, of any other uh, system out there that's really like that. So bringing the enterprise stuff to developers so that they have the tools to build on top of is, is, is kind of the next level goal for Jackson. And now we're just started this year with, with scaling and user acquisition. It's, uh, it hasn't even started yet actually. It's starting uh, imminently where we are for the first time ever looking for users. And it's, it's you know, when you do two to 7,000 users a day already organically, we don't even know where they come from because we don't spend a dime to bring them in. Well, what can we do when we actually start doing that? And yeah. that's what I'm really excited to figure out. I've never scaled and grown a company and this is a, a exciting time for me to do that and maximize what I've done over the last eight years of building and then the goal is to have the capital from that to shift to be the person that's going to change the incentive structure. So I'm looking to, to exit and I'm looking to shift towards the, the idea of, of um, being a leader that moves towards creating compounding impact. Uh, and that, that's the new model of doing things and you'll get what you want by doing that. So I have a project that I'm, uh, I'm, not, uh, that I, that I'm going to be rolling out after I'm done with what I'm doing, but my focus is on Jackson Center right now. But at the end of the day, I need to have that capital to do the larger thing, and I don't take investor money, so I always have to um, figure out ways that I'm that I'm funding the things that I want to do. Because me taking investor money turns me down in the cycle of getting uh, maximizing shareholder returns, which means I can't move the speed I want, the pace I want. So that's always been a principle of mine: uh, is uh, you know, it's it's whenever possible, try to do situations where where you can be in control. And you can fund things and you're taking that responsibility on yourself without having to, to promise something to someone that, you, that, that that's taking a lot of your energy and time to do. So um, that's another lesson that I, that I hope to get across to a lot of people is whenever you can is to try to, to, to do things in a way that you're not uh, you know, becoming beholden to others and responsible to others. And, and that's why I, I, don't, I don't have a crypto project now or a coin. I, I just don't want that responsibility. I, I, I just don't want that. And that's why I don't take investor money and I, and I, and I, and I would rather use my own money to do the projects that I want uh, because then win or lose it. At least it was mine and it's not someone else's. And, and that helps me to lead a more simpler life. Uh, you know, it's, it's not, you know, there's a lot of other things, but it helps me to, to maintain that balance because I, I can't imagine what I'd have to do if I had uh, investors or people on my back yeah. to provide in these returns and And then I'm not going to get to where I want to go when I want to get there, because that's what my mind is on. And that's not a best serving of my time, I don't think.
0: Entrepreneurship sometimes dies when uh, investors get involved, because even though you're an entrepreneur, you are working for someone, right? I mean, at the end of the day, you're working for them. And as you said, if you have a coin, you're somewhat working for the people who hold that coin, or at least you answer
1: to them. That's right, and uh, you know we did it with Ethereum. It was a kind of a different ballgame back then. I, I didn't have the money to, to you know, I, I put all my money into funding Ethereum off the bat before the crowd sale. So uh, that that was the best I could do at that time, and it was such an opportunity, even, even to have you know five partners when we started, and then eight partners. That was a a challenging a lot. And chore to make decisions and everything, and I and I'd learned from the past that I I don't want partners really. It just it's, it's, I'd rather, I'd rather, you know, you, you need the coach, you need the, you need, you need the person and I want to make fast decisions. And if you can work with people and bring tools from people, that's how I'd rather do things. Um, not to say I would never have partners in the future, uh, but it's got to be a right fit with things. And, and, and I just, for me, what works best for me is the way that I'm doing things right now and, and not having other investors. And, and and not having partners and and it, and it allows me to i think to move at the pace i want and slow down when i want to and, and speed up when i want to and, and uh, do it at the time it takes because stuff takes a long time and 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 things can take 10 to 20 years sometimes to do things that, that they have to get to where they are and when you have people breathing down your neck because their thesis is is, is different than yours and they want stuff right now it's it's tough and uh, that's just not the the way that i like to do things so.
0: It comes down again to, I mean, personal responsibility. Once again, you're one of the few people who's willing to take the responsibility for your decisions and wants to be responsible for your for your actions. It's interesting though, you said that things can take 10, 20 years. They can be very slow. You've been building jacks for eight years you know, we joke that cryptos like dog years, or even worse, right? So a year in crypto is like ten years, and or seven years, dog years in a in a in a legacy market or somewhere else. So you've basically been building jacks for like fifty-five years before even uh, being concerned, <laughs> exactly. you know, be, even being concerned with user acquisition. So I think that makes you a bit of a unicorn in this space, and sort of. Uh, is a testament to how seriously you take what you're building. I
1: don't We'd say I, projects I, launch in two weeks. Yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's the last thing that I want is not to be able to serve our customers with things and, and, and get into the weeds on something because we launched too early or we, 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 we couldn't support this amount of users at a certain time. and And that's where we feel we're comfortable to be able to do this now, to be able to have the scalability and interoperability with our systems that we're not going to get in the weeds. And I got a small team. I'm a super small team i've gone from 60 down to like six people and i love it and we've automated more and we've we've done things that help get the scaling ready to go but i find it such more e- such e- it's easier for me to manage these things and we outsource a few more things now but that i find it works better for me and if i'm in balance and i'm in harmony with what i'm doing in my life and in my work i feel i can tackle the things that i want to do when i when i feel i'm overwhelmed with things I, I i i and i feel that i have to take a break or a reset that's not the best way to do things So I, i'm trying to navigate and figure out that harmony and balance and it's it's a, it's a struggle but i feel i'm, I'm much further along here because i I've got bigger things i want to do and it's always like wow how am i going to do those even bigger things that i want to do so i gotta consistently be figuring out ways to to balance and making sure i'm getting the sleep and making sure i'm getting time for myself and making sure i'm getting that time to reflect for uh-huh. all these different things it's, it's so important and that's you know i'm an early rise here i love to have my time because i can just just do this stuff and but I need that balance. And it's easy to get sucked away from that. So it's having the discipline to be able to stick with your, with what it is that you need to know or else you can very easily in this world to be bombarded with information and stimuli that you just, you just the brain is not ready to, to absorb it. And, and that's where I think imbalance happens and anxiety happens and depression can, can take hold and things like that. So um balance and harmony is is is, is something that's that's a, definitely a, a a very important thing for me and I'm not all the way there yet and but I'm still striving nobody
0: to, is <laughs> that
1: yeah yeah
0: I struggle. That's one of my biggest struggles as well. I mean, I have two young kids and a wife, and I don't want to be staring at a Bitcoin chart every second of every day. <laughs> it is a challenge, but balance really is yes. the key to everything. And I think that's a great sort of parting, parting idea because I know we're up against it here uh, with, with time. So, where can everybody follow you and keep up with what you guys are doing? And now that you are uh, thinking about user acquisition, where can everybody sign up?
1: That's a, that's a uh, so our, our, our website is, is for Jaxx, jacks, is Jax.io um my for me it's it's my twitter i, I don't do much on social media uh, twitter is the best way to connect with me though i'm, I'm going to start being a little more active and now with the growth and scaling i am doing more things uh, out there but it is a fine balance there as well for me right. seeing different things but uh, um yeah twitter is probably the best way to connect with me and, and, and see what's going on there and uh, um yeah that, that, that that's probably best
0: Well, thank you, man, so much. I'm really looking forward to seeing now that you've left it sort of open ended, like you have this huge plan after Jack's that uh, you're going to use the money for. I want to know what it is. So we're going to have to catch up down the road when the time comes and do this again.
1: I'd love to. That's the thing that's really driving me forward is that, is is the, is the the changing incentive structures and I got the plan to do it. So I'm I'm really excited to get that off and get that going. And thank you. Thank you for having me and for what you're doing and the knowledge and the bringing people together to, to to keep people informed. This is, this is what's important. These types of things to to bring resources to to people. So thank you.
0: Thank you. Let me know if I can help.